Quick disclaimer, we're back in Greek mythology, so there is a mention of sexual assault. It is very brief and not graphic. There's also some slightly stronger-than-usual violence played for laughs. Please see the post on mythpodcast.com for more info. This week on Myths and Legends, we begin the stories of the Olympians. But we're beginning at the end with Hermes, the last Olympian. We'll see the world's first barbecue, why you shouldn't follow that guy who wants to turn your spine into a musical instrument, and that no one is safe from Zeus. Ever. That last one is not a joke, it's just terrible. On the Creature of the Week, we'll meet an angry samurai crab. This is Myths and Legends, episode 314, Baby Steps. This is something new. I realized as I was going through some Greek mythology that we hit the big and small, mostly human-related stories, but I've largely glossed over the stories of the Olympians. So, for the next year, about the first story of every month will be a story of one of the Olympians, starting with the last. Today, we tell the story of Hermes. And, of course, that doesn't start with Hermes. That starts with his mom, Maya. Maya was doing it. As one of the daughters of Atlas, of the holding up the sky fame, her family history contained a lot of baggage. Atlas was, of course, one of the titans. In the Greek pantheon, there was a fun and repetitive history of kids fighting and sometimes killing their parents. Gaia, the earth, and Uranus, the sky, gave birth to the titans, the youngest of which, Cronus, castrated and overthrew his dad to take over the universe. When the time came for him to make a better decision and to not eat his children, he also chose violence and was subsequently overthrown by his youngest son, Zeus, who joined up with his siblings to spark the Titanomachy, the war between the Titans and their kids. When the kids won and the new regime took power, they called themselves the Olympians because of the mountain they all hung out on. Maya decided that she didn't want anything to do with the war of her father. The Titans that weren't being tormented in Tartarus were being tormented on Earth in frighteningly creative ways, and she was a child when the war took place. She wanted to be her own person and to live her own life. So that's exactly what Maya did. She found a nice cave and she lived. She built her own furniture. Maya farmed and fished and hunted. She would travel down to the village where, depending on the generation of humans that lived there, she was either a wise woman, a god, or a witch. She didn't care to correct any of that because, well, she didn't know exactly what she was. And she was fine with that. Maya lived there, on the side of Mount Kalini, in the Grecian Peloponnese, and she was happy. Then, one day, she felt the pain. Several hours later, she heard the cry. She had called some of the women from the village. She had given birth. She had given birth to a baby she didn't even know she was pregnant with. How? Then, she remembered. She remembered what she thought was a dream, a, a nightmare. Several months back, a visitor in the inky black of a moonless night, a... Her fists shook with rage as she stared at the squirming baby on the floor. Son of a Zeus!
Ah, yes. He will be a child of many a wile and cunning counsel. A robber, a driver of the kind, a captain of raiders, a watcher of the night, a thief of the gates, who soon should show forth deeds renowned among the deathless gods. Muse, Muse, Maya said to her friend. Muse. She appreciated her friend stopping by, but Maya had just been through, like, 12 hours of labor, so she was going to have to ask the woman to leave. Muse gathered her things. Oh, sorry, was the baby fussy? Like, crying and all that? Maya said that she wished. Mom, 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 mama, mom, the baby yelled. Can, can I get out of this thing? Your cradle? No, Maya called back. You're like hours old and you have zero neck muscles. You can't even hold your head up. She heard grumbling from the cradle. Muse said she was going to see herself out. Yeah, congrats on the baby. And also, I'm very sorry that that happened. Maya hugged her friend. Thanking Muse, the woman left. I want to go, Hermes screamed. Maya laid back on her pallet. Where did Hermes want to go, huh? He was like six hours old. He knew nothing of the world. A, a blank wall was overstimulating. Just chill out, please. You don't get me. You never do anything for me, the baby shrieked. Maya rubbed her forehead. I'm a parent now, okay? All I do is for you, Hermes, Maya said. And then said she was closing her eyes for 10 minutes. He was fed and changed. They both just had a long day. He needed to take a nap now. Maya closed her eyes for 10 minutes. 45 minutes later, Hermes was bored. He yelled at mom, but she didn't even move. Huh, no neck muscles. He'd show her. He tried to move his neck, but wow, yeah, he had zero neck muscles. Hermes might have been a literal baby, but he was also a son of Zeus. After a few minutes of actual effort, he managed to sit up in his bassinet. <laughs> Take that, tummy time. Hitting the floor hurt, but it was quickly overshadowed by that. The doorway, the mountain outside, freedom. Wobbly on his legs, Hermes swayed back and forth as he ran toward the threshold of the cave. The world awaited. As the son of Zeus, even a baby's son, Hermes saw the world. He really saw the world. He saw Helios in his chariot above. Hermes saw the old man of the sea blowing the sea winds. He saw the nymphs of the springs in the forest, and up there, above, he could see the Olympians watching over all. The middle one, the one on the highest throne, the jacked hipster grandpa? He, he knew that one. That, that was his pop. Well, well, hello there. You're a little young to be out by yourself. Hermes jumped. He, he turned. A tortoise walking almost as slow as he was walk, stepped up beside him. Hermes looked at the creature in wonder. Well, what was he? The tortoise smiled. Well, well he was a tortoise. Hermes walked around him, tapping on the shell. Huh, all concave. Look at that. His baby mind was flooded with ideas. The friend of his mom's, the muse, maybe, maybe she was right. Maybe he was a child of wile. Maybe he would do deeds that would earn him the renown of the deathless gods. Have you ever thought, Hermes started, narrowing his eyes at the tortoise, have you ever thought about 
cutting off your shell, scraping out all the tortoisey bits, stretching some strings across it, maybe up, and making an instrument? The, the tortoise said, well, well, I don't I don't know about all that. I, I need my shell to live. My, my spine is in that shell. Hmm, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate, Hermes said, poking at the shell a little more. He was about to add a, for you, but both the tortoise and the baby heard the rumble. Oh no, here they come, the tortoise said, and started moving. Hermes got the handle on the, the, the walking hands, the feet, he thought they were called, and he managed to get to some bushes on the side of the path before the cattle. They didn't see the baby and the turtle, and neither did the one who drove them. Hermes knew it wasn't a man, though humans could be fooled into thinking he was. This was one of them. Hermes, the baby, knew deep in his bones that this man, this being, was his brother. He followed the cattle, his hair flowing under the laurels he wore on his head. He seemed to radiate grace. He was an Olympian. And he also didn't care about the baby pedestrian, he noticed. Get out of the way, strange baby, Apollo yelled. Ah, goo goo gaga, I'm walking here, Hermes yelled back. But Apollo and his cattle were gone. Hermes shook his head, exasperated. Some gods. He turned to the tortoise. Oh, no. The tortoise was limping a little bit. He said he just sprained his ankle. He should be fine. The baby, Hermes, said nonsense. They were still close to his house. He would take the tortoise back to his home and nurse him back to health. The tortoise definitely protested, but Hermes picked him up and carried him back home. So, what are those things? Hermes asked the tortoise as he rubbed the reptile's little... toe foot thing that they have the tortoise explained that those were the kind of apollo the gods kept cattle to slaughter and eat them he he chuckled he was just glad the humans didn't have any reason to hunt or keep tortoises the baby still enamored by the shape of the tortoise's shell yeah he felt the creature's scaly ankle hermes was gonna be real it didn't look like the tortoise was gonna pull through the tortoise said What? Hermes nodded. Yeah, it was tragic, really. The turtle would never walk the same again. He would live in unimaginable pain, not be able to frolic, running through the fields. The tortoise said he actually felt a lot better. He wasn't lame at all. And he didn't frolic. He He was a tortoise. Denial. It's so sad, Hermes said, drawing the tortoise close and wrapping his baby hands around its neck. This, this is truly a difficult choice. I promise it hurts me more than it hurts you, the baby said. No, no, it doesn't, the tortoise yelled. But that was the last thing he yelled. Maya rolled over and smacked her lips in bed. And Hermes climbed up to grab a small knife and get to scraping. An hour or so later, Maya rubbed her eyes. She had the weirdest dream that someone was throttling a bad Jimmy Stewart impression, but her frankly legitimate criticism was met with music. Hermes, the baby, had indeed scraped out the inside of the tortoise shell and wedged 
two sticks on either side, like horns on a beetle. At the end of those horns, he put another stick and stretched a number of strings he made out of sheep gut. With the convex shell serving as a sound box, he had made the very first lyre. His mother, listening to the beautiful music, was back to sleep in moments. Hermes set it aside. It had been a solid first day, but it was dinner time. He looked to mommy. Uh, she was sleeping peacefully and he didn't want to wake her. He would get food out. That cow thing sounded good. Yeah, Hermes, the baby, was going to go eat some cow. We'll see that a barbecue stolen from the gods is the best barbecue, but that will be right after this. The old man smushing the grapes in the press blinked. It wasn't every day you saw a baby driving 50 cows wearing shoes. The old man nodded to the baby. Hermes nodded back, and then a minute later he returned. He held his whip up to the man's face. He didn't see nothing, you hear? The man nodded, swallowing hard. Hermes stepped away, then jumped back. What did you see? Who are you? The old man said, trembling. Hermes laughed. He liked this guy. Peeling 50 cattle from the rest of the herd, well, it had been easy. Apollo just left them out grazing in the field. Sure that people, nymphs, cyclopes, giants, or any other supernatural nonsense out there preferred their skin to be on their body rather than try to steal from an Olympian. No one would be that bold or foolish. Nobody except his half-brother. Hermes drove them through the night, through hills, valleys, plains. The darkness was his ally. As morning broke, he found a stall by the river Alpheus, roughly 112 kilometers from home, and drove the cattle inside. Then he invented fire. I mean, according to many other places in myth, Prometheus brought fire to the humans. But the Homeric hymns tell us that it was Hermes who first gave fire and fire sticks. Let's just say that Prometheus did indeed bring fire down from on high, but Hermes, the baby, also arrived at it independently there by the river. The fire rose, the kindling caught the logs, and Hermes was ready. Steak time, baby. The reason he had all the cows corralled was, for two of them, well, he pulled them out, cut their throats, skinned them, and cooked them there over the fire. He knew what he was doing, though. The shoes he had put on the cattle, the bark, would only hide his trail for so long. He took the fat from the cows and lit it on fire. He arrayed them all on the roof of a stall. What is that? Poseidon swam up to his younger brother, Zeus. Zeus looked down. Another figure approached them from behind. Hey guys, what's going on? Shut, Shut up, Hephaestus. Zeus and Poseidon said in unison before looking down. I know you gave Prometheus a hard time for only giving us the fat, but I don't know, man. I kind of love it. Fat smells the best anyway. Poseidon's mouth watered. Zeus, the king of the Olympians, had to admit, yeah, his brother was right. And whatever cows they killed for this, they were top-shelf bovines. One thing, though, this person, whoever they were, the one who made the sacrifices, they laid out 
12 sacrifices. Yeah, so? So, Zeus said that his brother needed to learn to count. There were only 11 Olympians. Who was this guy? That question would remain a mystery, because when the brothers looked back down, the one who offered up the sacrifices to the 11 deathless gods, plus one, was gone. Hermes was home. 112 kilometers, or about 70 miles on baby feet, was a long way, no matter who your dad was. Maya, mommy, was still in bed. Hermes slipped into his cradle and... You'll be lucky if you don't leave in Apollo's chains, Maya sat up. Hermes said, Goo goo gaga? I know you can talk, you talked to me a lot yesterday. Hermes thought about it. Oh yeah, that's right. He asked his mom why she thought any of the deathless gods would want anything to do with him. Apollo's the one with the cattle, and frankly, you smell like a barbecue, Maya grimaced. She glanced at the blood underneath his baby fingernails. That was a first. At the turtle shell liar he had tucked into his cradle. He had been busy. She could see the plans within plans. The desire for independence. To make his own way in the world. That came from her. This, this other stuff. The shamelessness. The desire to steal and use the world. Whether the world agreed to it or not. This thinking that you're above all rules and everything. That came from him. The baby's father. She didn't tell him any of this, but she could see it. What's better, Hermes asked, to live worshipped among the deathless gods or to be at the housekeepers of a cave? Oh, you want to be like them, Maya said. You think that because, what, you're one of them, they'll give you a portion of their worship? They don't give anything. All they do is take. Maya shook her head. Maybe someday he would understand. She would rather scratch out a living here on her own than live in plenty with them. Do you know how many sons he has? And how many Olympians are there? I'll give you a hint. It's not an equal number. Hermes rose. Well, if his father wouldn't give him a spot on Olympus, he would take one. And if Apollo came after him, the son of Leto would get worse than he gave. They both heard a noise outside. Maya rose and walked to the mouth of the cave and saw the shining form that illuminated the morning. Hi, Apollo. The detective work wasn't difficult. Apollo simply had to follow the confusing but mostly intact tracks to the old man, the man he didn't even need to threaten with burning down his vineyard and throwing him into it, for him to give up that it was the baby who walked by, driving the cattle. Apollo lost the herd, but knew that only one type of baby could have done such a thing. He went to talk to his father and got the list. Potentials. This was his 15th stop. Apollo sniffed the air. That was him. He pointed at Hermes. You did it. You took my cattle and killed two of them? Hermes, though, was no longer sitting up and paring his fingernails like he had been with his mom. He was rolling around in the cradle, having swaddled himself. Oh, me? Goo goo gaga. I'm just a little baby, Hermes said doing that finger thing in his mouth that I actually just did while looking off to the side. Apollo looked to Maya. W was he serious with this? She shrugged. What could she say? He was just a widow baby. He was only two days old. Hermes could see that the baby act was not landing. Time to go with a different tactic. 
Apollo, brother, what ungentle word hast thou spoken? And it is thy cattle of the homestead thou comest here to seek? I saw them not, heard them not, gave ear to no word of them. Of them I can tell no tidings, nor win the fee of him who tells. Not like a lifter of cattle, a stalwart man am I. Hitherto I have other cares. Sleep, and mother's milk, and about my shoulders swaddling bands and warmed baths. Let none know whence this feud arose. All right, just cut it with the old-timey talking, Apollo said. Take me to my cattle, now. He wrenched Hermes from the cradle. Hermes said, yeah, he said he didn't know anything about the cattle, and he wouldn't be subject to Apollo's vigilante justice. Hermes demanded to be brought before their father, the king of the gods, Zeus himself. We'll see what happens when Hermes meets Papa Zeus, but that will, once again, be right after this. Dad, he took my cattle, Apollo whined, throwing down Hermes and his weird turtle shell weapon thing that the baby insisted on taking. Zeus facepalmed. Really? This was why he called a meeting of the gods. He couldn't handle this. It was a baby, for crying out loud. Papa, Hermes called out, his voice stopping all the chatter on snowy Olympus. Hermes launched into his defense. Verily, I tell the truth, for true I am, I know no falsehood. Today at sunrise, Apollo came to my mother's, Maya's cave, seeking his shambling cows. He didn't have any witnesses. Then he coughed. We're not going to keep quoting that. Yeah, today Apollo came to my mom's cave, Maya's cave. You might know her. Um, Seeking his shambling cows. He didn't have any witnesses. No gods had seen what he accused me of. But he made me, a baby, confess under duress. Threatening to throw me in a Tartarus? That I drove his cattle, what, somewhere? You know, if this isn't injustice, I don't know what is. I will add a great oath. I am innocent, but guiltless. And one day, I will avenge myself on him for this accusation. Hermes Mox straightened up his paper and swiped his non-existent hair to the side. He rested his case. Zeus laughed. He said he liked this kid. His, he looked sideways to Hera, his alleged son. Hermes? Zeus said. Hermes looked up to him. Yeah? Show him where his cows are. Hermes nodded. Yep. Right away. You see, Hermes knew that there were some gods you messed with and some gods you didn't. Apollo was absolutely one of the gods you could mess with. Same with most of the Olympians. Zeus, though, was like playing a joke on a lion. It might be the funniest, most clever joke in the world, but the lion will still eat you. They made it to the stable by the river, and Apollo seethed. 48. Hermes had killed two of them. To make a sacrifice to you, Hermes said, tuning his lyre. Uh, You're welcome. Apollo heard the music of the baby playing the instrument. What was that? Hermes said, oh, this old thing? It was a musical instrument here. He would give Apollo a demonstration. And this thing was amazing. Apollo was moved to tears. The plucking of the strings sang such a melodic sound. It was better than love, joy, or sleep. Like, he was on a first-name basis with the muses of Olympus, and they were complete garbage next to this. I want that, Apollo whispered. Hermes said, sure, why not? He handed it over to Apollo. 
Apollo looked at him. What did the little guy want in return? Hermes just said he was so happy that Apollo was happy. Don't worry about it. Apollo said, no, he, see, he did worry about it. Hermes was a very crafty little guy. He appeared to be ambitious, unscrupulous, and devious. Hermes smiled. Oh, you. Apollo said that this was a big deal, this liar. This could be his thing. He'd been wanting to get away from the cows anyway. Here, he handed Hermes the whip. This would give him control over the cows. Hermes said, well, if it's a gift. Hermes took the whip, then started playing the little pipe. What's that? Apollo pointed to the pipe. Did he just make that while Apollo was talking? Hermes said, yeah, it was a little woodwind instrument. Apollo said, woodwind? Wow, he just never thought of it. Okay. Hermes asked, did Apollo want it? Apollo said, of course he wanted it. He looked around and then, ah, he pulled the staff from behind his back. Here. He handed Hermes his golden staff. It had two intertwining serpents with wings at the top. Hermes looked it over. Wow. Yeah, this could be his thing. The thing was, though, for both the pipe and the lyre, a staff and cows, be real, it wasn't enough. Apollo narrowed his eyes. What could possibly be enough? Hermes said, I don't know, being able to see the future like Apollo could, and not in the cursed way like that one Trojan woman he harassed, like full-on consequence-free divination. Oh, no can do, my literal bro. Apollo shrugged. He, Apollo, was the only one who had the secret counsel of Zeus and who could know the future. He took an oath and everything. None of the others could. Apollo looked left and right, though. But there might be a loophole. Come on. Bee women, Hermes said, looking in the cave on Mount Parnassus. They're not bee women. They're winged women who buzz around and eat divine honey and... Okay, yeah, I can see how that would be confusing. Apollo pointed to the three eye, the three sisters, and said that they were his. Apollo was giving them to him... If they ate divine honey, they could see the future. Honey had mystical properties. Zeus ate honey when he was a baby. One of his names is Meliseus, bee man. Anyway, these women could teach Hermes to do divination from pebbles. Hermes said Apollo could just give him people? Oh yeah, welcome to Greek myth, buddy. He looked down at the sundial on his wrist. Oh, well, they should get back and tell dad they were all good. Apollo rose with Hermes in his arms. Hey, big bro. Yeah, little buddy. Apollo rubbed his little brother's hair. Will I get to consort with humans and have countless children? Oh, yeah, of course. Anytime you want. Uh, this is kind of weird than having this conversation with the baby, though, Apollo said in a conversation that actually took place, and he took off toward Olympus. Zeus was so happy to see his boys getting along. And before Hermes went back to his mom and left Olympus forever, Zeus needed the kid to swear. He wasn't going to tell outright lies anymore, and he would respect property rights. At least, <laughs> Olympian property rights. Then he smiled. He was proud of this little creature. No one since Apollo had done so much, only being a few days old. 
The kid was surprisingly clever and an eloquent little guy. Well, I've noticed that you kind of need someone to speak for you. You don't have a herald, Hermes said. But real quickly, in regard to lying, totally cool. He could accept that. He wouldn't lie. One thing, though, did he always need to tell the whole truth? (laughs) Zeus laughed. Oh, myself. No, no worries there. Lot of wiggle room. Zeus thought about it. But uh, yeah, he, Hermes, could be the herald of the gods, announcing big arrivals and proclamations. He handed Hermes a round hat to protect him from rain. And also, he couldn't have him staggering this way and that on little baby feet. Here. He gave Hermes a pair of winged sandals. He would grow into them, and they would grow with him. It was a whole magic flying sandal thing. As Hermes floated there, Zeus had to ask. When Hermes made the very first sacrifice ever down there, Zeus couldn't help but notice. He sacrificed 12 gods, not just the 11 on Olympus. Who was the 12th? Hermes smiled. The 12th? It was him, of course. He was a child of Zeus. And up here on Olympus, this was where he belonged. (laughs) I have a lot of kids, Zeus said. Then when he noticed Hera was looking at him, he said, Allegedly, none like me, Hermes added. Zeus looked at the newborn baby wearing winged sandals, having earned his brother's cows with a pipe and hollowed out turtle shell. And Zeus agreed. That was true. None like him. Zeus took a deep breath and announced the twelfth and final Olympian, Hermes. Dionysus stood up and stopped recording. He said, okay, he was sorry. He thought he was the final Olympian. Zeus said that in some traditions he was, in others Hermes was, no reason to fight. He loved all of his kids equally. Aw, thanks, Dad, Hephaestus said. Shut up, Hephaestus, you're not mine. Hephaestus limped over to his mother, who stroked his hair. Aw, sweet baby. Shut up, Hephaestus. Besides, don't you have like two full episodes, Hermes said to Dionysus? The one where you drove those women crazy and they tore that guy apart, and the other self-indulgent one where you went to Hades with the enslaved man. Dionysus said, well, who was keeping track? Zeus snapped his fingers. Hades! Oh, he had such a job for the new guy. Hades, the guy and the place, was gross, dismal, and weird. And they all hated going down there. So Hermes was the new psychopomp. Yay! Hermes said that he was a smart baby, but he was still a baby. Psychopomp. What did that word mean? It came from the Greek word, or to the Greek pantheon, the word psychopompus. Literally meaning guider of souls. They had a backlog, and someone needed to take all those people down to Hades. They were junking up the surface world, being all spooky. It would be good. It would be fine. And it was, mostly. Hermes guided the souls to the river Styx and was cordial with Uncle Hades and recognized the job as the cost of being in the club. All Hermes had to do was lay his golden staff on a person's eyes and they would begin their travels to the river Styx. The ancient world being what it was, that job alone kept him busy. But he had hobbies. He collaborated with the fates to make the alphabet. He and his bee women made the game Knucklebones, kind of like Jack's, And when he grew up, he indulged in the Olympian pastime of passing time with humans, fathering many, but most importantly, the thief Autolycus, who would go on to father a man that would really take after his grandpa Hermes, the wily Odysseus. Hermes, a version of which was Mercury to the Romans, 
became enmeshed in the pantheon with their various intrigues and schemes. But Maya stayed apart. She avoided the gods and lived out her life in her cave. Alone, but not lonely. She's remembered in Greek myth chiefly as being the mother of Hermes. But the Romans also had a Maya, possibly related to the Greek one. She was lauded. She had a boyfriend we'll talk about next month. And it's possible that the Latin word for the month of May, Maius, was named for Maya. I don't know how to end these episodes because the stories of the Olympians never really end, except in one version where they get deposed by birds, so we'll just wrap it up here. Next month, it's Hephaestus, where we learn that, among his many doomed relationships, Hephaestus's Roman counterpart, Vulcan, dated Hermes' mom. This one was a lot of fun, and it helps to shine light on stories we might have missed. Early May, we'll get into Hephaestus' story. Next week, it's a story of friendship from the folklore of the Korean Peninsula. The week after that, it's the story of the Cat Kingdom from France. Then we're back with the Monkey King and the journey to the West. It's a fun month coming up. If you're looking for something else to listen to in the meantime, though, Best of the Worst, our show where we tell the stories of awkward, terrible B-list villains from comic book history, is back in full swing. Yesterday, we tackled the question we've all thought of at some point. What if Inspector Gadget was a Nazi spy? And Thursday, we'll talk about the villain Asbestos Lady, the woman with the superpower of an asbestos suit. And I bet you can't guess what got her. If you're interested, you can find more at villains.lol by searching for Best of the Worst wherever you get your podcasts or by following the link in the show notes. Creature this week is the Hikigani from Japanese folklore. So I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's a theory out there called carcinization. The idea that in evolutionary biology, non-crab things are trying to evolve into crabs. Apparently it was a meme a couple of years back that everything would eventually take the look of a crab. It's probably not the case for humans, according to the one article I read and linked in the show notes. I didn't have time to research more in depth about this. I was too busy reading about god babies that murder tortoises. I cannot spare time for trivial things like science and evolutionary biology. Anyway, we won't become crabs, but that doesn't mean dead samurai can't. So samurai loved killing. The thing they loved killing the most? Other samurai. A toughness thing, an honor thing, political differences, a weird look, didn't matter. All they cared about was making that other guy dead. A group of samurai were enthusiastic about making another group of samurai deader than them, and so there was a massive samurai war. I won't say which groups these were, because I have a tome on my bookshelf, and we're going to tell this story at some point. But, like many wars, one side lost. Unlike many wars, the losers turned into crabs. The samurai, rather than submit to the dishonor of defeat, dove off their ships and drowned. And they were super angry about that. Apparently, they either turned into crabs in the bay, or the spirits took over crabs in the bay. They're still around, and if you look down on one of these crabs, you'll see that, yes, they do look like they're wearing a samurai mask. It's uncanny. It looks really cool. I posted a picture on the website. Go check it out. I joke, but the battle was massively important for Japanese history, with the winning clan establishing the position of shogun, one that would rule Japan instead of the emperor for almost 700 years, from 1185 
until 1868, the seven-year-old child emperor's grandmother jumped into the water with him rather than allowing him to be captured, and most members of the clan followed their emperor in despair. I actually can't think of a battle with bigger stakes than this. One group becomes ruler over all Japan, the other becomes angry crabs, who just spend the rest of forever snapping at swimmers from the water. That's it for this week. Myths and Legends is by Jason and Carissa Weiser. Our theme song is by Broke for Free, and the Creature of the Week music is by Steve Combs. There are links to even more of the music we used in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.